0: Hi, I'm Jalen Rose, and welcome to the Renaissance Man Podcast, proudly presented by the New York Post. Next up, we have rapper, entrepreneur, and member of one of the greatest hip-hop groups of all time, Raekwon. He's had so many classic features, and his debut solo album, Only Built for Cuban Links, is definitely one of the most timeless rap albums of all time. Coming up, I talked to Raekwon the chef about growing up in Staten Island, the early days of the Wu-Tang Clan, and his new memoir, From Staircase to Stage, The Story of Raekwon. Up next, Raekwon. Let's go. Hi, I'm Jalen Rose, And welcome to the Renaissance Man podcast proudly presented by the New York Post, a show where we cover trends in fashion, entertainment, current events, and everything in between. Download the podcast, leave a five-star rating, which episode had your favorite theme, who was your favorite guest, Gone in 60 Seconds, Last Call. Make sure you use your phone right now to do two things. Download the podcast if you haven't already done so. And then advise someone else to do it as well. I know you have a friend, a co-worker, a family member that needs this good old fashioned soul food. Who would you like to see on the show? Let me know. I love keeping in contact with the people and I appreciate your support. This week's theme is Chef's Special. What have you been cooking up lately? And how is it different? What flavor are you adding that is uniquely yours? Always have something special in the works. At least three burners on the stove at once. Continue to cook up ideas that are going to add to your value and happiness in the future. Make it something that you're passionate about and that drives you. And be consistent. You can't create something that has impact and will outlive you if you quit now. You can't also make something iconic and special if you don't infuse as much of yourself into it as possible. There's no one on this earth who is exactly like you. You are the special ingredient. Listen, life can get hard and there's so many roadblocks. But even if you have to keep that project on simmer, keep working on it. Stay low. Keep firing. Tell maybe one or two people about it until it's ready to share with the world. And believe me when I say the world needs more of your talents. And perspective I challenge you to study your influences know yourself and go out there and make something that's gonna change the world and if you stay true to who you are they can always steal your recipe but the sauce won't taste the same <laughs> oh man we preaching right now in this episode for sure and my next guest Knows all about that. Raekwon is a rapper, entrepreneur, and member of one of the greatest hip hop groups of all time. He's had so many classic albums, so many classic features. His debut album, Only Built for Cuban Links, is definitely one of the most timeless rap albums of all time. Coming up, I talked to Raekwon the Chef about growing up in Staten Island the early days of the Wu-Tang Clan, and his new memoir, From Staircase to Stage, the story of Raekwon. Up next, Raekwon the Chef. Hi, I'm Jalen Rose and welcome to the renaissance man podcast proudly presented by the new york post a show where we cover trends in fashion entertainment current events and everything in between my next guest my brother from another mother is an icon he's a part of the wu-tang clan he's had so many classic features and his debut solo album only built for cuban links Is definitely one of the most timeless rap albums of all time. His new memoir, Staircase to Stage, Minimum Wage, to Get an Article and Rap Page. page. (laughs) The Story of Raekwon and the Wu-Tang Clan is out right now. It is my honor to welcome to the show, Raekwon, the chef. What up, homie? Peace. I appreciate you taking the time joining me. You're a legend in the game. It's an honor to have you on the show, but I have to tell the story from your voice like I don't know it, so I have to ask you, what was it like for you growing up in Staten Island and what was your introduction to hip-hop?
1: Mm, growing up in Staten Island, it was tough, man. It was it was a serious place to, to be raised to prom and live. It's, you know, you know how it goes. You know, we come from the hood, beautiful mm-hmm. place, just a rough atmosphere. Um, Just growing up there was like a normal kid, just trying to make something out of himself, trying to figure out what lane makes, what lane fits me. Um, You know, originally I'm from Brooklyn and I moved to Staten Island around eight or nine years old. And, you know, we was, you know, my moms were told it was a nice place and I say it was nice when we got there, but then maybe two or three years later, it just changed, completely changed, you know, infested, rats, roaches running around, just the slums, but we made the best of it. We made the best of it and it basically taught me so much. It taught me how to be a man, you know, the experiences, the the people I met, the you know everything that just come with living in the ghetto, you know. But one thing that it taught me was to keep dreaming. You know, I always mm-hmm. been a dreamer, so. But Staten Island is a, uh, is my hometown, man. I love it. You know, I love it. Wow. And I'm sorry. What was your, what was the next question again? What was your introduction to hip hop? Oh, my introduction to hip hop was around. I say 83, you know, mm. 83, 84 is like around the time Run DMC was really making their presence be felt, you know, um, Big Daddy Kane, KRS-One, Ice-T, mm. Ice-Q, you know, I remember these guys was just smashing it down back then, and you know, as a kid, we loved them, we, we loved the music, they was talking about... Things that inspired us, you know. Um, Just listening to Houdini, you know, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. Fat Boys, Heavy D, Mm -hmm. KRS One. I, I could sit here and name a thousand for you, but these guys were creating something that all of us loved. And it got to the point where, you know, you start bringing your radio to school. You know, LL Cool J, you know, telling us, yo, my radio, I can't live without my radio. Next thing you know, we can't live without a radio. We bring it to school. We on the buses with it. So you yeah, know, I would definitely say the early 80s was the time when I really started grasping into the hip hop even more. And it was young and too. At it point, was, and at it that point felt like this was gonna be my
0: escape. Cause I remember my first introduction. Was rappers delight being from Detroit, but then the message came out and it was like Mm. broken glass everywhere. I was like, yo, this is (laughs) what I I can relate to this. You know what I'm saying? Rats in the front room. So, like, when did you start to realize that rap music, hip-hop, culture
1: can be your escape? You know what? I was too young to realize it then. It was just something that we was loving and we was having fun listening to. You know, back then people, they didn't think it would last as long as it did. But for Mm -hmm. us, it was more of a lifestyle thing. And it just seemed like they was talking to a certain audience, you know, because Mm -hmm. a lot of those artists were coming from places that we come from. So mm-hmm. it was easy for us to relate to them because we are like, yo, hey, he's from the Bronx or he's from here. Mm-hmm. All these places were like where we were at. So it was kind of like a, a, a code of the streets music where it was mm-hmm. like, yo, it's here. This is what we love to listen to. You know, we would be in the neighborhood, see the older cats. They be coming down the streets with their blazers on and singing the Run DMC joints. And next thing you know, it went from little skinny herringbone chains, the rope chains. And, you know, I remember even one time cats was wearing the Chinese letter gold plates. Remember those? Where they had no the doubt. Chinese- letters. and the gold Put tooth them. in the front. <laughs> yeah, with the gold joint in the front and all of that. And, you know, so I just felt like it was something that was designed for people that was in these poor communities that was talented and basically building their own criteria of music for us to enjoy. And then it just started getting bigger and bigger and everybody started loving it. But for us, it was a lifestyle. It was music that had a lot to do with our lifestyle, you know? Same way how you just sat in and sung, you know, Melly Mel's part, Broken Glass, everywhere. Like, we was really Broken Glass everywhere. Right. So, you know, it was just something that we were able to relate to and, put into our universe and say, yo, this, they speak for us. This why it right speaks to us.
0: And I read somewhere that you met Method Man and Inspector Deck in high school. So what drew you to them? And did you guys immediately know that y'all would probably work together in
1: some creative
0: capacity?
1: Well, you know, me and Inspector Deck, you know, we from the neighborhood. And I remember when Meth had first moved into the neighborhood because Meth is originally from Long Island. So, you know, of course... We used to hang out in Meph's building because it was a dude up in his building that was a DJ. So this guy used to be playing music out his window. You know, how you walking down the block, and you're like, "Yo, who blasting that music?" And you look up at the window, and you see a certain dude up there, like getting busy in his window and all that. So next thing you know, I met Meph up in his house, and we started kicking it. And I took Meph down the block, you know, to have him start hanging out with us. And, you know, we used to have him in the staircase with us a lot, you know, because like I tell people all the time, the staircase staircase was the arena, baby. Like, you love hip-hop and you want to get that vibe, you meet us in the staircase. So Mev would come and he would just be a fly on the wall and just watch us pounding out lyrics, freestyling, you know, just having fun, drinking 40s, smoking a little bit of Chiba, you know, just having fun and doing what normal kids do. Get in trouble, you know, mm-hmm. just loving listening to music, reciting lyrics. We was into that. And and you know, next thing you know, we got super cool. And then they um Mev started to go to the same school that we went to. And I remember Mev was in an English class with me. He was in an English class, and me and him used to sit in the back and we never did no work. We used to just be back there writing <laughs> lyrics. And he would always give me his book and be like, yo, check it out. What you think? So it was like, I was like his little, I was like his teacher. So I look at him, I be like, yeah, I like that. That's cool. I say, but I need you to sing it later for me. You know what I mean? So it was right. a lot of love there for him and, you know, just hanging out, man. Me, him, Deck, you got the crew, you know? We was always around each other.
0: And I know I'm going to show my hip hop age with this, but
1: I remember man, when- Man, we showing out hip hop, brother, because we look good. We look at no the
0: show out. I remember, oh, we love you, Raheem. Prince Raheem. Before, Raheem, Yeah,
1: Wizard yeah, was Raheem. Raheem. Raheem, Yeah. They called. It. I yeah, remember, oh,
0: yeah. we love you, Raheem. The, the, he was killing them. And then all of a sudden, you guys, 36 chambers. So give give us the origin of how nine of the greatest lyricists in the history of rap music decided that they wanted to be in the same group at the same time to change the culture forever.
1: Mm, That's an interesting one. I talk about this real good in the book too, but I'm going to give you a quick synopsis. Um, Mm. You know, like you said earlier, you know, just growing up in a community, you know, RZA was definitely living in a neighborhood as well. You know, you have family all through there. So, you know, you just know who's doing whatever what they're doing when it comes to writing lyrics and all that because our, our neighborhood they used to have parties like every weekend like inside the elevators I mean not elevators sorry inside the laundry rooms they would take all the machines out of the laundry and turn it into a party so we would all try to get in and go some of us didn't get in some of us was able to work our way in finesse it or whatever mm-hmm. but. RZA, pretty much, he knew about a lot of us in the neighborhood writing rhymes. So, you know, coming home from school, we would see him. RZA always would try to pull out his rap book and start rhyming. So, you know, Mm -hmm. he had that relationship with us all through the neighborhood. So we knew he wanted it bad because his cousin, the Jizza and his other cousin, rest in peace, old Dirty Bastard, Mm -hmm. they was some talented cats at a young age. And I, myself, you know, I I like them. You know what I mean? I started to hang out with them and just be a fly on the wall and watch them do their thing, even though I know we was doing our thing a little bit, but they just seemed like they was ready. So, Mm -hmm. make a long story short, started hanging out with them, and now this is me seeing the potential they got and being a biggest fan and saying to myself, wow, yo, y'all really got it. I just keep mm-hmm. saying this to myself. I really got it. But back then to get a record deal was the hardest thing in the world. So once mm-hmm. the Jizza got a record deal and the rizza got a record deal, right then and there, I pretty much knew that it was some light at the end of the tunnel one day mm-hmm. that we may be able to get that position. Not really knowing that it's going to happen, but it happened. And I just recall rizza not being happy about his success while making his Mm -hmm. situation happen. And I was Mm -hmm. the guy that he went to to cheer him up and be like, don't sweat it. You you ill. Trust me. You just Mm got to come in with another game plan that makes sense. And that's Mm -hmm. what he did. So, you know, when he got to that point where he felt like he wanted to do something different, he called me and he's like, yo, I want to start this group thing. I want to come Mm. with y'all, so I'm like, "Yeah, now you talking? I'm like, now, man, now you, now you you going somewhere? Now you going somewhere with it? And next thing you know, before you know it, you know, I remember him bringing everybody, you know, into one studio and saying, "Yo, I want to make a record," and we was just in it really more for the representation. Nobody Mm -hmm. wasn't really trying to think that it would take off fully, but in the back Mm -hmm. of my mind. I'm yeah. like, this is the beginning of something dope. I just don't mm-hmm. know where it's going to go yet, but I I seen mm-hmm. enough to see what RZA's seen, and and old Dirty Bastard's energy, and Jizz's creativeness on mm-hmm. that mic. I'm like, yo, it's too much magic here. So I became the the the, the um the cheerleader of the movement. Mm. Mm. Giving you facts, bro. I became the wow. cheerleader. Yo, boom, boom, boom. He's dope. He's dope. I got a little bit of some. Riz always told me, you don't got a little bit of something. You got a lot. I'm like, for real? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you don't really know. Wow. So we throwing batteries, we throwing batteries in each other to believe that we could do something to represent our city. Cause Staten Island mm-hmm. wasn't being heard of in the five boroughs. So we was a little, we had a little gripe about that. And um, I remember him just saying, yo. We all going to meet here and we're going to do our first cut. So I was excited. Mm. I'm getting on the phone calling everybody. Yo, meth, yo, yo, blah, blah, blah. Yo, we're going to meet over there. This is the record. We're going to go for it. And the next thing you know, it it was history. It was like the record came out dope. And now it's about going to the radio station and seeing if they're going to play it. So, Mm. you know, Riz, Riz is a shy guy. So... At the end of the day for him, he always needed to feel good about what he was doing so it would give him the momentum to want to do it. And right. um, all I can remember was when the record took off, everybody was excited and Rizzo was like, nah, we got we to gotta do more now. We got to do more. And we didn't really know it was going to pop off until it really popped off, you know? So
0: I saw, <clears throat> as a hip-hop fan, N.W.A., unfortunately, break up, but yet individually, they all had amazing success. You guys Lord. were a super group that eventually broke off and proved your dopeness individually, and your project only built for Cuban Links. Just so you know, I just got a car, a Suburban. I had real TVs, and I just got to the lead. They called <laughs> what? it the Ice Block. Right,
1: right.
0: I'm telling you, I remember just the album was so raw. You could hear sniffing in the studio. Like y'all just did like one. (laughs) Talk to me about that. Like that's how deep I was into it. So for you and for Ghost, for y'all to to do that project, and now it's 2022 almost, and you still like historic lyricists, take me back to that period of time when y'all created that classic project.
1: Oh man, you know, back then it was like, once we, once we proved to the world that we could make a record collectively, because it was always about us bum rushing the industry and then eventually everybody would do their own thing. So when we made 36 Chambers and it was successful, and then, you know, you started to see some of the solo cats come when it was my time, 95 was like one of those... It was one of those great years, man. And the energy was there. And me and Ghost and, you know, the rest of the clan, we was just at our best when it came to writing rhymes. So when Mm -hmm. it was my time to come up with my album, you know, we was still kind of living that that hustler lifestyle. So Mm -hmm. I knew that, you know what, I wanted to make a serious album that, A cat like Rock Kim or KRS One or LL Mm -hmm. or Kane would be like, "Yo, who's these guys Mm -hmm. right here?" Mm -hmm. You Mm -hmm. know, so it was just one of those things where we was just paying attention to what was going on because it seemed like all the hustlers that was hustling back then was transitioning. They was trying to get out of that game and figure out something else to do, and music was the vessel. Music was the way to go. So for me. You know, we wanted everything that the, the hustler and, the, and and the community had. If he had a, if he had a Benz, and he had a big Cuban chain on, or a big big ropes mm-hmm. on, and all that—that's the stuff that me and Ghost felt like we wanted to initiate in the music. So that's mm-hmm. one of the things why we called the album "Only Built for Cuban Links" because we was talking about only built for those guys that dress like that, that that mm-hmm. got money, that 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 hustle that. They just, they've got everything, suede jackets, sheep dogs with the hats and the mittens, wallies on, leather pants um, you know, good jewelry on, good haircuts, half moons, you know what (laughs) I mean? Because, you know, we grew up in those neighborhoods where, you know, it was a lot of hustlers out there. So automatically, for me, I know that Wu-Tang Clan, the whole clan collectively, wasn't really on that lifestyle like that. Mm -hmm. You know, so me and Ghost was the ones that really clicked to that because when we got money, that's the first thing that we went and did. We went and bought jewelry and cars and, you know, we ain't think about saving our money yet. We think about, yo, you got (laughs) to see my money on me. That's like the NBA. You (laughs) spend your first contract 100% of the time. (laughs) Yeah, you know, you blow it because at the end of the day, you feel like, yo, I worked this hard to get here. I got to show y'all that I made it. So making Cuban Links was definitely inspired by a lot of strong hustlers in the community. You know, some that that really believed in us. They wouldn't want us to sell drugs. Like, nah, I'm not doing that with you. You got another talent that I see in you. And that, believe it or not, that motivated us. So we never forgot where we came from when it came to knowing that people that was doing other shit cared about us doing positive shit. They felt like, yo, you guys had it. So making that album, we just was like, yo, Mike Tyson was the new the new champ around that time. So you know all that energy is in our ears right now. All that, the music, the shape of the new Benzes is coming out. You know, the Lexus, <laughs> the Lexus went bubble on. You know, we want everything. The jury, <laughs> yo, goes, yo, I want the bird. I want the bird. I'm like, hey, I you need it. to put it on your phone. Yeah, he's like, Yo, I want the bird on my arm. It gotta be it gotta be this high and all that. You know what I mean? Yo, we was just taking it there. And that helped that helped stimulate those rhymes to be what it was because we was always thinking big like that.
0: You have a memoir out now. You're an adult. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You write books now. Staircase to stage. The story of Raekwon and the Wu Tang clan. It's a look back at your mm. career. You also have the acclaimed Wu-Tang television series with all this retrospect happening right now. What has these projects reminded you of your journey and what are people going to get when they check out these couple of projects?
1: Oh man. When I sit here and look at all the accomplishments and the accolades that we, that we were able to get through our careers and still going. It's a blessing, man, because we are a product of hip-hop. You know, hip-hop taught us. It raised us. And um, just to see all these things transpiring still, it just makes me want to work even harder. That's why I thought it was very important to write a book, because I know that there's a young kid that's sitting in his house that's going to do the same thing that we did. So let me give him a manuscript. About a real one that come from a real place, and and was able to accomplish these things. So just to see that we got a a show on TV, I sit back sometimes, I laugh, you know, look at the characters, see how they going in, and you know, I would mm-hmm. sit back with my moms and we would laugh. But I'd be like, "Ma, that's me," and she would laugh and be like, "He got you <laughs> a little bit, but not a lot, son." You know, <laughs> but it's a blessing, man. But <laughs> but you know, at the end of the day. It's all about empowerment. You know what I mean? When you get to a certain mm-hmm. level of success, you want to make sure that you give back in the greatest way, and that's through letting people see your success, letting people know that you constantly using your mind, you constantly surrounding yourself in positive energy, you're constantly being creative, and that's what it's all about At the at the end of the day. Like, you couldn't tell me that. The chef would be a wine seller today. Like I, I have my own mm-hmm. bottle of wine that comes straight from mm-hmm. Italy. It's called Lakata. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know. I have a cannabis business now. Oh, never sure I never thought I'd see the day. You know, I never thought I'd see the day where cannabis would be legal, and this was something mm-hmm. that inspired all of us to be who we are today. So mm-hmm. I'm watching the world shift and 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 do things that we've done where we thought that it never could happen. So I'm just so proud, and I think it was important for me to sit down and give my experiences and my trials and tribulations of not only my life, but the life with the woo, you know, and let people know that, you know, we brothers, regardless of what, we brothers. Every day is not going to be a great day, you know, but at the end of the day we make it the best day because we built something. We built a dynasty. And it was just important for me to share this in this book with you guys.
0: Well, the Wu-Tang Clan Uh, is an iconic group. You're a signature artist, but you've always handled yourself with maturity, class, and like a leader. You've been narrating to us, my brother, for almost 30 years. So ain't no question (laughs) to me this is about to be a best-selling book. So y'all make sure y'all go out there and purchase that. But before I let you get out of here, I have a rapid fire segment called Gone in 60 Seconds. Get ready to do this, Lex Dynas? Let's get it,
1: baby. Come on, it. Name a new
0: rapper that you think will be a legend in time.
1: Mm. A new rapper, right? Hmm. Mm. See, that's kind of tricky because it's about to me what 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 did you inspire? You know, you mm-hmm. could have been you could have not been one of the greatest MCs, but you could have been the greatest businessman. You know, so mm-hmm. I would say who's on their way. Interesting. That's an interesting one. You really hit the you really hit the bell with this one, my name. I mean, you don't um,
0: want to start naming '83 rappers, so I'm like, you've been doing this for so whoop. long, your catalog in your head is so crazy, you've seen it all. Who got next?
1: Yeah, I would definitely say I would definitely say a cat like J Cole. Um, mm, very good, J um, Cole. Very clever on the mic. Um, mm. I would say um. Of course Drez, you know, Drez, I could mm-hmm. see him, you know, his impact on what he brought to the culture. You know, yes. put him in that legendary box. Um Agreed. Just a couple more those, cats. I just you just, just, you just no, those, are
0: great. No, those are great choices, by the way. But I have to ask you, mm-hmm. it made me so happy when I put on that Griselda album. And legendary Raekwon the Shep was on the intro. You know what I mean? <laughs> the West Side Gun. to Benny the Butcher. Yeah, I yeah, to right so I have to ask yeah, when can those. we get it? Now, now, I know y'all got the Three Chambers Tour happening, and I know it's tough to get so many people together. When are we going to see more Raekwon Ghost with Griselda?
1: Listen. At the end of the day, that's right around the corner, bro. You know, those are my little bros. You know, I knew them before they really actually started taking off. So I was their number one fan. And when I got an opportunity to, you know, meet them for the first time, they treated me like I was Elijah Muhammad, you know. um, yeah. You know, a lot of respect for me. And I, and I passed the torch to them. I said, yo, you guys are us all over again in your own little way, you know. It's 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 only three of y'all. It's nine of us, but it's three of y'all. But I respect y'all so much because y'all keeping that that cleverness on the mic together. They talk about their struggles, and you can tell they come from where we come from. So definitely, man. Yeah, I got I got I got to say that they on their way too, man. They on their way definitely. to that legendary box as well. You know, definitely yes, they are. I I definitely those are my boys, man. I love those too, man. Good brothers. That's mutual. Good family to me as well. So
0: you back in Staten Island for one day? What's the first place you hitting up for
1: food? First place I'm hitting up for food? Yes, indeed. Um, I'm gonna go to this. Yeah, I'm gonna go to this um pizzeria. Um, it's called Brothers. I love pizza. You know, we New Yorkers, so you know we can eat that every day. You know. Um it's called Brothers. It's a it's a place that's on that's on um what is Victory? Victory Boulevard or something. Mm -hmm. Um don't quote me on that though on the the, where's it at, but no, it's on South Avenue. It's called Brothers Pizzeria. Yeah, it's on South Ave. This this pizzeria is owned by real Italians. Like I done sat down and had slices in the building with gangsters and all that, but the pizza is so good, and they had literally been there, i say, for about at least 50 years already, you know? So that oh, definitely wow. be one of the spots i hit up right away. Even, even when I get a chance to go and start now and now, I stop over there, you know? I meet all the guys over there, yo, what's up? Yo, they know me very well. Like, yo, you know what I want, man? Just hit me up with that good slice or two, you know? But, yeah, I'd definitely hit the pizzeria. It's called Brother's. You got to sure
0: sure check it out. And lastly, last, lastly, you've had multiple uh-huh. signature things that you've put into the lexicon. One is your name, Raekwon. It's become common, like Denzel, like Shaquille, like Nasir. I'm fortunate enough to have like one of Jaylen. those
1: names. Like Jalen, I got character. a nephew. I got a
0: nephew named Jalen, too. You know oh, what I no. mean? I
1: got it never. So what is that show. like for you almost 30 years in the game? It's a strong, it's a strong, a strong accolade for me, man, because it makes me feel important, man. It just makes me feel like I did something right in my life, you know, outside of music. You know, people understand the person I am and they know my heart, you know, and for somebody to name their kid after you. And say, yo, it was inspired by you. It's just a great feeling. It's something I, I run home and I tell my moms and I give her a big hug and say, yo, moms, you raised the king, you know. And look, people name their kids after me now, you know. So, you know, like I was saying earlier, you know, I have a nephew that's named Jalen. You know, Jalen is a mm-hmm. fly name too. So, mm-hmm. you know, it just, it's just a good feeling, man. It's, it's a good feeling, man. And. You know, I, I even got an opportunity to talk to some of these guys that share that name, share that name with oh. me. So it, you know, it's dope, man. You know, all I can just say is, yo, man, be great, man, be great because it's in you. Your family didn't name you that for no reason. So you know, no I question, go.
0: absolutely. And, and you too. alluded to it. Like it's one thing to name your pride and joy after you. It's another thing that they respect you enough to like you gotta be solid you know what I'm saying and and you've been that And Staircase the Stage the book is out right now Wu-Tang Clan Raekwon the Chef Three Chambers Tour just follow him on social he's coming to a town near you I love and appreciate you family I'll be one of those people coming to represent real soon
1: No question. Thanks for having me, bro. For
0: sure, all love.
1: Last call. Last call. call.
0: I'd like to thank Raekwon for stopping by. Be sure to check out his new book, From Staircase to Stage, Minimum Wage. Y'all know the verse, The Story of Raekwon, wherever books are sold. And a quick thank you to all of you Who download the podcast from week to week I read the reviews, I check the analytics and I appreciate your support you make this show possible and just so you know Spotify has just released a new feature that allows listeners to leave ratings and reviews, so represent that's right you can rate the show and let us know what you would like to see more of on Spotify and now Apple your feedback makes this show better and we deeply appreciate it I'm the
1: Renaissance man see you next week